This is Power Athlete Radio. With your hosts, Denny Kaye, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Welcome to episode 70 of Power Athlete Radio. This is Denny. I'm joined with Luke and Levi out at Power Athlete HQ. What's happening, guys? What's up, Danny? What is up? Uh, Callie and freaking Tex are gone, huh? They're out there, like, just traveling the world. Yeah, Callie is out in Sydney. They had a, they had a, Seminar in Western Australia, which I've never been to. Uh, word on the street is it was one of the one of the better shows, but not quite the best show. Uh, their leading the leading actor wasn't their funniest, best hair, best shoes, <laughs> best best dressed. But uh, yeah, she, and then she's doing a little backpacking trip to go visit her brother in Bali, and so she's on the road and uh, enjoying. Dude, I remember I remember being down under and trying to get some work done, and we stayed a couple extra days because we we did a back. Ben and I did a back to back weekend. We did a certain Sydney. Then no, it was, it was three weekends. We did a certain Sydney. Then we did an occupy or a team series. I think it was team series at that time. I can't remember. It's either Team Series or Occupy Strength uh, in Newcastle. And then out in the third weekend, we did a seminar in Auckland, New Zealand. So we were gone for like two and a half weeks. And I, I truly thought that I was going to be able to like go to a coffee shop, fire up the computer and get the whole Occupy Strength or Team Series deal organized. And it was a fucking mess. Australia, that way. dude, Australia that, that has the worst internet set up out of any country I've been to. And, and they pay like they pay like 10 bucks a fucking megabyte. It's crazy <laughs> down there, dude. It's like, remember like the old cell phone plans where you're like, no, yeah. no, 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 don't tax me. That's like 70 cents. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what they have going on down there. But uh, I digress. So uh, I, timely, right. I guess timely little announcement. And Callie asked me to, to get on the show and she's running the team series. Uh, but we've made an executive decision. We've leaned out the event a bit and we're going to pack the whole thing into a Saturday event. So competitors just got a little email. Sponsors are on board. Uh, speaking of sponsors, that's where John is today. He's meeting up with Vitargo to talk about what we're doing with sponsorship here and what we can do in the future. So expect to hear a little bit more on Vitargo, and I want to thank those guys, I guess, uh, for helping make this whole team series thing possible. But it's it's going to rock. we got a workout posting Friday slash tomorrow slash the podcast. If you're listening tomorrow, it's today. And then if you're listening Saturday, it was yesterday. So just get over to uh, <laughs> head over to our Facebook, Instagram, everything. It's going to be all linked up. You'll know. You'll be able to find it. And if you can't find it, head over to powerathletehq.com to see what the workouts are for this team series. It's uh, it's going to be killer. It's going to be great. I'm excited. So Yeah, I am too, man. It's it, it, it's looking badass. So shit, dude, we got uh, we got some great guests today. We got Freddie in China joining us for episode 70. China fresh off the 2014 CrossFit Games where she kicks some ass. Definitely, dude. And then Freddie, the uh, what's Freddie's official title? The power athlete, director um, of fun, director of front, <laughs> front, director of front, fun. Not, no, not front, front. That's what Levi does. <laughs> Levi's the director of front. Exactly. 
Freddie's the director of Good Times. <laughs> so what's happening, guys? Hey, Danny, I thought for sure that you were going to say Freddie and China Cho, because that's kind of pretty much where I'm at these days. Well, it's still <laughs> Freddie C, which is nice, because the new... <laughs> Uh, I'm running with a new hashtag now. It's hashtag has been. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag has been. But, you know, it's better than hashtag never was. Yeah, that's very true, true. right? (laughs) (laughs) So we already got – so we we have a little live Q&A. Ingo, our buddy Jeff Lee, has already dropped uh, a question for us. Of course. All right. So this is to Hi Freddy, Hi China in all caps. So yes. China was all caps. That is how I roll, all caps. <laughs> and then uh, question for Freddie. Uh, while chasing a perp, have you ever slid across the hood of a car? <laughs> I, I have never slipped across the hood of a car, but a funny story once. A guy got away from me on a Razor. Uh, the Razor scooter? Yes. Was it battery powered or was it at least kicking? No, it was, it, we were foot pursuit, and then he grabbed some little kid's Razor when we were running through this park. And hit a street and was gone, and I applauded him because that was quite a good move. But I thought, don't uh, don't SWAT boots have like the little rollers that kick out <laughs> with rocket? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, legit! And then I am saving the second one until uh, I might as well go into it. Second question: uh, When first onto the scene, have you ever chased a suspect into a dark abandoned building, yelling, "No time for backup"? To your young yet hesitant partner with unusually perfect teeth. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means, but I don't know either, man. Ingo is a strange <laughs> dude. <laughs> but he is the most excellent DJ on the planet. Absolutely. Plug, plug, plug that. Yeah, for sure, dude. It was, uh, and that's one thing. Um, I'm talking. I'm in charge of Neil, who's our Midwest host, because that's guy I trained with uh, for a team series. And one of the one of the line items that's like an optional type deal is DJ. Right. And I'll tell you what, we didn't. There's, I think last year NorCal's NorCal's definitely were were Ingo DJed that event, uh, the team series last year, and uh, it changed the whole fucking thing, man. It changed the whole experience. And now, like, I'm just on Neil. Like, dude, we gotta find somebody because. A good DJ knows how to really control the energy, and he definitely channeled like it was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah, now he's so, awesome. What I really love about it is he knows he knows when, when it needs to, to be loud, volume, when it needs to be down. Yeah. I mean, like he's spot on. He's spot. And well, man, we're really stroking him today, aren't we? Yeah, but uh, he's not that funny, so that's yeah, important. He's probably running around his, his living room right now, with, like stripping off his clothes and excited as can be. I think he's doing that work. <laughs> 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 all the better but uh all right so let's uh let's barrel forward we get as always denny puts together a very detailed timeline that we very rarely adhere to um That's so the first for. thing uh denny what do we got well i thought maybe we can just kind of start with uh what's what's new with freddie and china um what was China? You know, what was your experience like at the 2014 games? Um, um, in general, or in comparison to when I went the first time? Yeah, yeah. let's let's start with with there in the comparison between when you went the first time to to uh, recently. Um, first time was pretty amateur league compared to this time in the sense that. We showed up the day before to the Home Depot Center. They gave us like a bag with a water bottle, like a wristband <laughs> and a T-shirt. And they were like, all right, see you tomorrow. Just be here. 
I'm like, okay. And then this year, we have to show up a week in advance. We have ESPN interviews. We got a photo shoot. We got clothes fitting, shoes fitting, headband fitting, shit I've never even seen before fitting. And we got a ton of stuff. And it was insane. Like, biggest ordeal I've ever been to. So it went from, like, here's a T-shirt and a water bottle to here's a wardrobe that will last you a year. So you're decked out. Do you still wear a lot of the stuff? No, because it was all too big. Uh, did you know your it. size first? Everything in. But I love it. I could still wear some of it. Yeah, so you didn't tell them child small. Dude, seriously. <laughs> I got, like, child's not small. Really, really big stuff. <laughs> they uh, So they Reebok hooked us up with a bunch of gear, which which we still wear quite a bit. You know, the uh, shoes and the uh, uh, nanos and some of that stuff. But I'll tell you what, I don't know what they I think they also gave us overstock because when we got this stuff, there was like these weird for dudes, hot pink camouflage like skin guards. I've never <laughs> seen this. But shit. you would rock those. Yeah, That's very like, you. But it was baggy. You know, my skin guard's gonna be tight. You know, show off my tapered figure. But uh, some of the stuff in there was was pretty questionable. And then the shorts were XLs, but I tell you what, they were even big on John. So uh, I guess sizing is a little bit different. I think that's why my uniform stuff got messed up. But I'm not gonna yeah. lie, their stuff is awesome. I love their compression. I love their shoes. I love their sport. Like everything has gotten a million times better every single year. Well, I think that's for, and I don't, I'm not like a fashion fucking, I am not a fashion connoisseur, but the chick stuff looks really good, really good. It like, is I think really that good. it really complements or complements the figure of a CrossFit chick and like a fit chick. Uh, some of the guy stuff, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess we're really just a utility fucking piece of meat, but uh, th- I think that what they're doing with a lot of the female stuff is really, really hitting exactly what, uh, what, what chicks want. I agree with that. Definitely. So, uh, all right, well, let's get into let's get into the real deal. So outside of registration, how would you compare and contrast the two events? Oh, man, it was insane. Like, I would even say regionals was more crazy than the 2010 CrossFit Games. I mean, not nothing against it. It was the first year they had it at the Home Depot Center. But you literally just went out there. There were like 50 people watching and then you went back in. It just felt like a local competition this year. I mean, they staged us. We had to make sure to turn right here and turn left down this stand and face this direction while you do this and then turn this direction. Like it was just such a big ordeal that like at one point I even forgot what workout we were doing. I'm like, Oh shit, go left. No, go right. Oh shit. No face this. Now nah, what workout am I doing? Crap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, it sounds it like a bit overwhelming, but in a totally cool way. Is it does it throw you off like your mental approach? I mean, if you're going out there, you're focused, you're ready to do this workout, and then they're throwing all this other crap at you. It's kind of like, damn, just let me just let me work out. No, I well a little bit. I guess that's the unknown and unknowable element this year too, huh? Turn left, turn right, turn straight. I don't know. Yeah, your ability to follow follow the roadmap. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I mean, overall, I thought it was great. I thought the judging was great. I thought the events were actually really really awesome even though i did shitty in some i mean they were very well-rounded i liked it a lot i thought the programming was good i wasn't wrecked after i mean overall it was such a great experience what do you think uh or how how do i word this like 
in recently in some of these podcasts, we've been going over like the mental approach an athlete takes for their given sport. So could you talk a little bit maybe about um, the differences, like when you went through the open and then you went in the regionals, you found out you got your ticket to go to the games. I mean, what what approach did you take uh, common collective or were you on edge the whole entire time? Um, um, for me, I, I would say I'm a pretty uh, calm and collected type person. Like I don't get super frazzled when it comes time to compete. I feel like I'm very relaxed uh, going through the open. Um, it was a little different this year because I actually did it with someone that was way better than me. Um, mm-hmm. I started training with Neil. So this is the first time I actually um, did the open with someone that like lapped me in workouts. So I feel like I pushed a little bit harder in the sure. open than I normally do and took it a little more seriously. And this was by far the highest placing I had in all opens that I've done. And uh and then, I mean, when it came to regionals, it was like, God, I've come so close, you know. Um, I, I kind of had a really weird mental attitude just because the workouts I felt were so not in my favor of the past three years. This was a year that I was like, man, these workouts are not good for me. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like 2012 was probably my best year. Like I should have made it then based on the workouts lap the yeah. 2013 was a little bit better than this past year. And I was like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to work really, really hard to like even be in the top five, you know? So yeah. I, I felt really, I, I was like nervous, but I think that not feeling the pressure of it being wheelhouse workouts kind of worked in my favor more than I thought. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And then you get really nervous with things that you're good at because you're expected to do really, really well. Like if I were a gymnast, I'd be freaking the fuck out, you know, but I, I'm not particularly great at gymnastics or all like I never handstand walk before until they announced it, you know? Um, so I was like, "Eh, well, you know, I mean, it's interesting that you said that you would feel, uh, that there's more pressure with workouts that you're good at, because I would think, I would think if these workouts come in and, and you're good at them, it would kind of take some of the pressure off. Cause you're like, Oh man, I got this, you know, but those other workouts that uh, are posted and you're like, fuck, you know, I haven't, I didn't, I don't feel like I didn't put in enough time to kind of work on those skills. I'm going to struggle at those. And you're kind of saying it was a little bit of the opposite. Yeah. For me, it's funny. That was a little, that it was kind of the opposite. I was like, like, like what's a workout I'm good at? I guess like Amanda, I'm pretty good at when that workout comes up. I'm like, Oh crap. I have to do well. Like I'm good at these movements. You know what I mean? Like people mm. expect me to do well. You know what I mean? So, so right, right then and there, you got this, this burden you're carrying. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when the games came, I mean, God, I, I didn't, it felt almost unreal still the entire time. Like, I've been trying for so long to get back that I was like, every regionals, I go home crying. Oh, what am I going to do different this year? Oh man, I fucked up that long workout again. Oh man. And this year I'm like, Oh shit, I made it. What do I do now? Oh God, I got to train hard, you know? So it it was, it was kind of weird. Like I, I trained really hard um, leading up to the game, but I didn't feel a lot of pressure at the game. Um, Freddie, what, 
What what did, in hindsight, when you kind of look back at that, what are, what are some of the things that stood out in your mind as far as like somebody wanting to support um, an athlete or you know uh, a spouse or partner in you know in an event like that? I mean, what are some of the things that you found that you you were doing to help her out? Well, it's like uh, it's been a journey since 2010 trying to get back. You know what I mean? She worked with John that first year. So John was there helping sure. out or the, those first two years. And then she was she worked with Amy for, you know, a year and then kind of did her own little thing for the open this year. Like for me, the open isn't a big deal for her. I was I was happy to see her having trained with Neil and pushing. But for I think for anyone that's supporting somebody who's in, the, uh, you know, the the upper ranks of being a really good CrossFit um, games competitor. It's the regional man. Regional is just so fucking stressful. It's unreal. Like, I mean, I am so like just a train wreck and it was cool that like, I got to see her do the workout so many times before regionals came about and we watched all the regionals leading up to the NorCal one. So kind of knew what to expect and, but it's just a stressful thing. I mean, that the regional is everything because it's make or break. You know what I mean? You make it or you don't make it. And after that, it's over. It's another long season until you get another crack at it. So I would just, I'm sure that every person that's with somebody that's men or women, whether it's your, you know, for the top men or the top women, it's, you know, you're there through the thick and thin of all of that. And it's just stressful as fuck. Once you got to the games, it's just like, I just want to see her do great, but I want to see her have a good time and enjoy the moment. You know what I mean? So regionals is the fucking mind fuck. So, so am I, am I taking the correct assessment in the fact that, uh, Freddie, you got a worse beating than China did this game season? Yeah, no, it's true. I worked way harder. <laughs> You know, it's funny though. The funny story about regionals is that like she was killing it day one, just freaking rocking. She took first and I think like fourth in the world or something in the rope climb. And she was going into that fifties the next morning and, uh, was it the fifties, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we go show up the thing. She's like tied for first or in first or second or second place or something. I'm all like, man, she's killing it this year. This is great. And then all of a sudden she's she goes out to warm up for the fifties workout. And within like three minutes, she walks up to me because we had to stand on the outside because we didn't allow them to stand next to the athletes. We had to stand out of the area and she comes up to me and she's fucking bawling. And I'm like, what the hell? Why are you crying? And she's like, I can't lift my arms up over my head. I can't catch the wall ball. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're like, you're in second place right now and you can't do a wall ball. Like, you got to be kidding me. And we drag her right out of the warm-up area, right into the first aid area. Luckily hooked up with a great freaking chiropractor PT guy. Turns out she popped a rib out of place on, I think she did it on Friday. I think, yeah, sure. I don't think she did it on Saturday. She did it on Friday. So the rib was out of place. All the muscles around it were totally inflamed. So they popped it in place. They worked on her the whole time. She didn't even warm up. I mean, in that time, I, I went to the bathroom. I almost started crying. I was just like, fuck, she can this far again, and now we're going to miss out again. And then the workout started. Everybody's cheering and going crazy cheering for her, and I had to wait till she got to the wall balls. And when she got to the wall balls, she just flipped the switch and ground right through. And as soon as she started nailing all those wall balls, I was like, man, she's going back to the games this year. Is I like knew right there and then that she was going. So it was pretty awesome. So, Freddie, or uh, China, when you – 
was it uh was your rib still bothering you in the event and you just kind of mind over matter it, or it was so bad i mean it was like almost one of the worst like pains i've ever had in my life it was literally adrenaline like i don't know if most people know that listen but i mean it was a i wanted to make it back b i just found out my dad has stage four cancer and he had a, a time span of two months to ten years which is like not very cool right. um, that's yeah. a really big difference two months ten years and all he wanted me to do was go back you know and so it's like well shit, i better do it now you know even if my arm falls off and i do a one-arm wall ball, I, I it has to happen so the combination of like adrenaline making it back for him and all that stuff like sorry plays into that no, definitely, definitely. Good job, Luke. You made her cry. Shut up. <laughs> Heart of a champion. But you know, we had we had Hatfield on, and he talked a lot about passion. You know, and and just all those outside factors. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, that post you guys did on passion, by the way, that was yeah, it, and like it totally exuding it here. And, and I think I think you know that's what a lot of people in this CrossFit thing that people make it look so easy. I mean, like China, even you, when you're out out there. I, I know it fucking sucks because I fucking suck at CrossFit, but you guys make it look so easy and it looks so attainable uh, to like the common Joe. And I don't know. I think that's what it used to be back in the day, but now you got to be dedicated and more so you got to be passionate to the point where you're going to drive three hours to train with a specific coach on Tuesday. Uh, you're going to go find Neil Maddox so he can kick your ass in every workout to make you realize that like you got a long ways to go, you know, and it's that drive and that passion and, and even the emotional side of it, you know, having that outside influence uh, and doing it for someone else, not only yourself, you know, I think that's it's super commendable. And I know, I mean, I know we were glued here uh, during regionals. I mean, we were glued to the monitors watching you, China. And we love you guys up there. Uh, great friends of ours and super proud that it all went down. Oh, thank you guys. You're awesome. You know it. <laughs> but uh, so, Freddie, you did come up to me a couple times at the games and you looked a little stressed and a little frazzled. Do you think that China had more fun than you did? Uh, she all it's the same thing though. She's watching me at a comp too, and it's I. I think it's a. Uh, I definitely had more fun than him yeah, to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but like the, the games seems like it's gotten so like serious now. Like they don't even allow the coaches to be next to the athletes except for like ten minutes before they're supposed to warm up or before their warm. They have the, before their warm up air time starts. It's your coach has to be within an arm's distance of you the entire time. So when you go to the bathroom, they have to wait outside the bathroom. Really? Wow. Yeah. So that gets crazy. Like, hey, the workout's over. You're gonna take her back. Make sure she does everything that she needs to do to cool down. Like, get her water, get her food. You know, do all the stuff that you do. Like, oh no, sorry, you can't go back there. You can't come back into the to the athletes area again until ten minutes before the their her next warm up time is scheduled to start. And yeah. you're like, like, dude, I don't want to go back there and take pictures of Rich Bronian, you know what I mean? And ask for his yeah. autograph. Although I, he really I, did want to. Brony <laughs> <laughs> uh, tried to get pictures with me. I'm like, hey, bro, maybe next time I'm a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, China? Did you know when that swimming workout came up that you're going to crush it with your background? Um, yes and no. It, I obviously was a swimmer. People don't realize that I was a sprinter. I swam the 50 and the 100 meter oh, okay. dogs. and it's like this is my analogy <laughs> like i'm very comfortable in the water so that was good for me but it's like hey usain bolt go run 10k yeah but he's not gonna yeah. be anything just because he was a runner sure, you know? sure. Um, but when it did come up and i saw ocean and going in and out i was like well this is going to be good for me a because i'm not really scared of sharks i like the ocean 
I have a swimming background. Um, but it was very different because I've never done a swim workout with like a weighted movement involved. I've done swimming with like some air squats, a little bit of swimming, you know what I mean? So like adding a hundred thrusters, 60 burpees in the sand, the surf was crazy. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be weird, you know, weird. Yeah. But I, I was, I, I kind of knew in my mind that I would have a top five finish in that, or at least I hope I would. Now you don't have to name any names, but there had to have been people out there that were just deathly afraid of this one. Uh, yes. Oh, shit. oh man, the poor girl sitting next to me in the um when they announced this workout, she's like, "Am I gonna die?" And I'm like, "No, I'm sure you'll be fine. They'll have servers." She's like, "I don't even like to put my face in in the water in the pool." You know, I mean, it's just amazing. Like everyone got through. I think the thousand or the five hundred. They got through the two hundred and fifty, the first round of sand stuff, and then the second round. I mean, that's like amazing that they go from oh god am i gonna die to like completing 750 in the ocean that's yeah, crazy. yeah. it reminds me uh the first time i went down to shadow with ruiz was with ben and uh rafa ruiz on a, one of our previous episodes and he was one of the guys who was was one of the head coaches for crossfit football before he moved on to what his uh his new gig access or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. he uh so we go he we show up and we land you know you fly from la to tampa with two connections and it's just a shitty flight and he's like hey you guys want to get something to eat and uh we're like yeah yeah let's do it he's like all right after surf and turf and i look at ben i'm like what's surf and turf he's like i don't know so we go fucking straight from the airport to the to the beach and we fucking run a 3k oh. and swim out to this buoy that had to be 10 miles away <laughs> you know what I mean? but it is the first time i've ever done an open water swim in in chop like that like i've and I, I wouldn't even call it swimming like i've swim in lake michigan in like near the harbor in the midwest for a little triathlon deal but uh it was like the real deal and like three foot waves i had no fins i was in like not even board shorts. I was in just basketball shorts. Oh. And uh, Ruiz just swam next to me the whole time. And I'm like, man, he's really not as good of a swimmer as I thought he'd be. And turns out he gets up. He's like, I thought you were going to die out there about after, after about 50 meters. <laughs> and he's like, so I just paced you. Uh, yeah, but that was meters a, out of 10 miles. That's a long way to go. Yeah, dude. But uh, <laughs> it was awful. It was the worst. And uh, one thing and one thing that I've learned also training with him a couple more times, we did some pool training is what makes the biggest thing is stress. Like if you have any stress in your system when you're swimming and you're an amateur swimmer, it is going to make it heaps and heaps harder than it has to be. If you can yep. just relax and be comfortable and calm and collected, it's going to be a lot easier, you know? Yeah. But um no, I, I, I for sure sympathize with some of the people who just muscled through that one and did not like did not want anything to do with it. Yeah, poor people. I thought it was a good workout. I thought it was really creative and it was fun and going around the pier. Like it was exciting and the coverage was great. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. So China, what was your favorite workout? My favorite workout, um, like to do or because I did well. Or maybe both, but uh, like you mentioned that the ones that you were supposed to be good at, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. felt the pressure. So um, I would say my I actually have two. I really liked the muscle biathlon, even though that was the most miserable uh, just because it was so freaking hot. Um, I love that one because you had to strategize. I love that they made you strategize that event. Um, 
and you got penalized if you know you came off the ring. So I love slip biathlon, and I love that it was. Yeah, I I love the strategy involved with that. I did not enjoy that it was like a million degrees outside, and I thought my skin was burning off. Yeah. But my second favorite workout was the second to last workout. So the thick and quick or the whatever the rope climb overhead squat one was, yeah. that was so deceivingly hard. You're like, oh, four rope climbs, three overhead squats. Holy shit. That was so hard and so awesome. I thought yeah. like energy was great. The event was great. It was so simple and so challenging at the same time. Um, those are my two favorite workouts by far. Nice. And- China, you know, um, when you guys are back there and, and you're warming up for these workouts, um, do you notice how other people might be warming up? And the only reason I asked that is because we've talked about this before as far as um, how athletes in general for like a um, competitive, you know, fitness event, how they warm up and um, maybe like the results that happen if they didn't warm up properly. And I was curious if maybe through that whole ordeal, if you noticed, maybe you just kind of turned your head and saw somebody warming up and you're like, damn, what the hell are they doing? Or um, you're not thinking of that at all. Um, no, I, I didn't think about that that much, but, um, some people are really, really into mobility and I'm like, damn, we're not going for 90 minutes. You've been rolling on a ball, like this whole time. I'm like, I don't even think I have enough body parts to roll for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not really into that. Maybe I should be, but I'm a little behind the curve on that. But I'm like, do these people roll out for like two hours? I get tired just like watching them do that so that we we had had, uh so china funny thing we had anthony low on a couple times and answer have you have you ever met ant no okay he's one of our guys from australia he's uh uh physio mobility uh, i don't know i don't want to call him witch doctor (laughs) witch doctor dude but uh he you know that's one of his biggest critiques is that people think it's the it's the classic more is more is more is more uh paradox in the sense that you know, if you need if you need to roll out for longer than five, ten minutes yeah, like in order five, to do anything. Person. Yeah, if you if you need to, then it, it's either psychological or something's something there's a bigger issue. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, he's totally. and it's not not necessarily that it's against it, but more isn't always more. Just like, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, uh, you know, more activity isn't always the best activity. Exactly. It has to be the right activity and dosage. Um but uh yeah, and one thing we compared and contrast to as well on that previous show is like, and this is one of Texas' biggest things is uh, like pregame warmups for your pre. Like, I, I looked to my pregame warmup for football back in high school. Right, it, it was like leg swings, neck rolls, jumping jacks, go play football. Right there, you go. You know, no, I'm, and, I'm uh, like literally um, 500, 400 to six hundred meter row. A little bit of freaking hip flexor stretching, 15 air squats. All right, what are we doing? And then do you, That's then it. Do you, do you pretty much, then do you like prime the movement patterns? And let's say it's a heavy overhead squat. Obviously, you're approaching that working weight. Uh, is that is that your approach on the warm up? Um, like, do I do the same thing even if it's a heavy overhead squat? Well, I guess let's. I assume that if you all like your pre warm up warm up is kind of that that we call that is what we call it the seminar uh, that pre warm up warm up is like yeah. uh, the row hip flexors a couple uh, a couple dings and dings here but then you obviously prep the movement patterns for whatever's ahead of you right yeah I mean yeah then I like 
then I'll roll out for like two to three minutes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my shoulders on a, on a softball or, you know, warm my wrists up and then I go. Yeah. I, but the thing yeah. about at the games though, is also you guys, like some oh, people yeah. don't remember is that they're in the back, they got the bars, the weights there. Everybody's working up to their one rep, max overhead, overhead squat, whatever the case may be in the warm up area. And then they leave the warm up area and they don't touch a weight again for, you know, 50 minutes. You know, oh, no shit. like they may have a rack by where they, where they're standing before they had to go down for the ESPN cameras and all that shit. But there's you know, there's 40 freaking girls there and they're all going to share one three rack, racks, yeah. you know, or three racks, whatever's there. So people, I think, forget about that. Like, like that's the thing when people practice workouts for regionals or when they practice, you can't workouts simulate for the games. It. You yeah. can't, you got to try and think like, okay, now I warmed up and then I put the clock on. I did a three, you know, my three rep max in, in six minutes. Well, yeah, you warmed up right up to you started the clock and then you start the clock. Well, at regionals, they're like, they're in the warm up area and then they're not touching or doing anything. This is at the regional of the games. And as coach, you, you know, you, it's something else you need to prepare for. Yeah. It's like you have that whole downtime between the time that you warmed up and the time that you actually do the event. So okay. does that, does the warm up is almost kind of like not overrated, but it, it's it not practical actually. the way that you train it at your gym and then the way that it actually happens in, in any event, really, that has like a, a big, you know, introductions and all that shit. Sure, sure. The time allocated isn't optimal, I guess, to what you probably what most people do at, at a class or even in their training, which is warm up, then maybe two, three, four minutes, you're at it. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, like my perfect example was, um, you know, the final workout, they took us all into seclusion, right? Like we couldn't do anything for a couple hours. Well, about 10 minutes before they were going to send us out, they took us into this like little tiny locker room that had like two barbells in it. And your whole heat had five minutes to warm up for the overhead squat because we knew what that was on two barbells and then whatever we thought was going to come up and we're like five minutes we've just been sitting in this locker room for like two hours like what are you know and like i don't just get up to 165 from the ground in an overhead squat in like three minutes you know what i mean so it was like oh shit better get up real fast and then pray that you know we're warmed up for the next thing that we do you know so i mean it's like, oh, well, I did that workout at my gym and I did it just as fast as everyone. I go, you know, I used to do that. And now that I've actually been to the games, I'm like, oh, man, it is not the same. And it's too hard. You cannot, like, copy it. Yeah. Copy do you it. think do you think that they're going to do you think that's an issue or that is what it what it's just going to be? Do you think I that I kind of like it? I like that you just got to be prepared for anything. And I mean, yeah. knock on wood, like no one has gotten injured from it. You know, we're all pretty good and not right. because of the lack of warm up or anything. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's I, did, I guess I didn't even think of that. I didn't even know that dynamic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Because before it was do whatever you want. Now it's like you got to go here. You got to go here. You got to be here, you know. Mm-hmm. it's very yeah it's very different i didn't even i didn't even realize that like uh, in years past i would do the games workout and be like oh i would have gotten eighth in this workout and now i do it and i'm like oh hell no that was totally off you yeah what's uh okay so it's been like a month right since the games what when did 2015 training start um officially actually kind of officially kind of this week i mean i did like like uh Neil and a couple of other training partners and I, we did a team workout. So two weeks leading up to that, we did a lot of team workouts, which was crazy high intensity, you know, but not individual stuff. This is the first week that I've, I've, um, 
started the more individualized stuff. Are you going to get down on that team series, the CrossFit team um, series? You know, I was going to, and I'm like, man, that's just no. I don't really want. No, I'm not just, going. Yeah, not your flavor. No, it's not that it's not my flavor. I just. I, I'm going to go to Brazil with PR wraps for a team thing. I just did a team thing last weekend. I wanted to do another event in December. I just feel like I'm, I'm stack. I would stack a little too much on my plate by doing that. For sure. For sure. That makes sense. And why not go to fucking Brazil? What part of Brazil? The jungle. Yeah. Somewhere in the jungle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know it's far. Somewhere, I got to take a lot of planes. Yeah, somewhere in Brazil where I wasn't going to let her go by herself. Yes. Freddie's going. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, private security. Yes, for sure, dude. That's uh, so it's not like Sao Paulo or anything like that. Like a very metropolitan place. It's like a battle of the jungle, huh? Nah, it's it's like well, I mean, there's it's just it's not a coastal city. It's a yeah. It's in the center of Brazil. I forget the name of it, but it's like it's funny because they sent the itinerary all in Portuguese. I'm all like, I don't even fucking know what day we're going out. I had to look up the flight <laughs> numbers on Delta to get it in English. Oh, that's funny, dude. What uh, and then, uh, how long you got? Are you staying just in and out there? Or are you guys gonna do a uh, a little vacation afterwards? No, it's pretty in and out. Yeah, it's gonna be fun though. I think. Yeah, the team stuff is kind of fun to you know get you back into it and wanting to train. I yeah. Think. Were you? Did you feel burnt out after the game? Like not like uh, physically, but I guess more so. I'd imagine emotionally. Um, um, a little bit. It just it's it's hard to want to go hard you know what i mean it's easy yeah. when you do it with somebody else like hey you go i'll go or we got to complete a certain amount of shit together but like going to that place by yourself you know only like a week or two out yeah that wasn't happening yeah <laughs> it was definitely not happening for sure but uh let's see what else do we got denny um let's talk about crossfit fremont how's, how's oh, yeah, that pretty new home crossfit's new home it's awesome it's booming. Yeah, man, we're signed. It's been going crazy since we got there. We started on July first, and uh, just the situation just worked out great. Our co-owner uh, Jeff Moran, good dude. He built a good thing before we got there, so we're just kind of. He's like, I, I think Jeff was like uh, getting a little overwhelmed because he moved into a bigger place and he's bigger. So it was like fat. twenty times bigger. Yeah, bigger than his old joint, and he was just uh, doing the whole thing by himself. And he's a single dad, so. Us coming on board with the you know the passion that we have for gym life, it's just been a perfect fit so far, and you know we're uh, we're we're moving along and things are going good, I think. Well, dude, I saw there there has to be some a bit of a learning curve for for your peeps because I was you know obviously creeping on the website, seeing how you guys are doing over there, and I saw a little video pop up about uh, how to read you guys strength uh, the strength yeah. portions. I saw that too. Yeah, dude, like, <laughs> but uh, you know what's so funny is like you get engrossed in in a certain type of programming and understanding, and I'd say maybe twenty percent of the gyms out there may follow a regular strength deal like that, where you might pop in and people are like, "What the fuck is this four X four? I have no idea yeah, what the yeah. fuck." No, not only they had no no set set program really. They were like. You know, like I heard for a while, they had let, like he was kind of letting the trainers do the program for like a and, month at a time. You know, or and so they didn't really have anything said. And, you know, I, I was like, all right, we're going to come in. We're going to get first of all, get these people introduced to having a strength program. So, you know, I always run a template that's, you know, based off loosely based off the amateur template from CrossFit football. And uh, it gives me a good judge of care of seeing what 
ability our people have weightlifting wise and it's always just so easy to to use in a gym setting that that template um but little i did have trainers come back to me from like hey this client's all like oh are we going to just strength train every day or you know are there any other crossfit gyms around here and i and for me it's funny because i'm like isn't everybody strength training what a, yeah no. go ahead go check out another crossfit gym and then i go and log on to the other crossfit gyms like oh <laughs> I'm all, oh, well, not everybody does say that, but I'm like, oh, trainers, I'm all like, hey, you know what? If they were, this is the way a program, we're a strength and conditioning gym, right? We're not, we're CrossFit, but strength and conditioning. So, like, everything is easier when you're stronger. We're going to have strength programming. And if you don't like it, I know the two closest gyms to us are friends of mine. They don't program strength into their programming, that not not, not as not in a set format like we do. And I'll gladly recommend those two gyms to anybody who wants to go there and do that kind of thing. But, you know, like, like it, it was, it is a little weird. They're like, Oh God, are we going to just do five by five? Like, We've only done it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so even, so even the demigods and goddesses of this world, Freddie and China, they can't even t- talk to their bad people. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's one of Denny's, Denny's seven daughters running in to <laughs> ambush his, his call. But um, but that's a feedback we get at every seminar. And you guys, I mean, you guys have been to, Freddie and Chad have been to maybe a dozen, two dozen of these seminars. But when we get to programming. never enough. Yeah. It, well, I appreciate that. No, oh, I love it. It's the best. But um, it's we every, 100% every seminar. Well, we get pushback from our clients that's, strength training is boring and they don't like it. What, what do you do? Uh, you and know, uh, they make it boring then. You know I know. I mean? Like they like, it's, I, and I see coaches and all I think that they need to work on it is that like, first of all, there's plenty, there's so many goddamn CrossFit gyms now. There's so many goddamn trainers. How many, there's like a million level one trainers. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know what the number is. It's fucking outrageous. But like how many of them have actually been to a seminar, like the CrossFit football seminar where they actually, get under a barbell or watch people yep. under a barbell or right. people like we will China and I are very engaging with our group. Like we, Hey, we run you through the cues. I don't care if it's what the movements are, but we both also have been around long enough. And like, like, like you guys always say at the cert, we've seen so many squats. There's like not anything that we haven't seen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and we're still not up to the level of seeing as many different bodies users, but we're, you know, we've got, we've been around a long time. We've got to train good coaches. So we're very engaging with our group. Like, we go around and we try to fix everyone where you get other people, they don't know shit. So they do, you know, 20 minute, 30 minute warm up adult daycare games with their class. And then they go, okay, guys, squat five by four, go, you got 15 minutes and then we'll do the conditioning workout. You know what I mean? And then there's, and then there's no coaching. They will walk around just, you know, good job, you, know, yeah, good job. you know what I mean? Like, but like when it, when you're, when you know, when you're in the know, you know how to think, and you walk around and you go, hey, you know what? I see your feet, your your left foot's off a little bit. Let's straighten that out. Get yourself underneath a little more, and then and then like and then they do it and they feel the difference. That's that's very exciting for people. I think that's what you know, what what I feel. So for coaches that say, well, we get pushback from your clients. That's your lack of being a good coach. And I just wrote about it. If anybody goes on to the Fremont blog last night, a good coach is very engaging with his class. It's a, it's almost like a show. So and dude, you're a show and, and you got to be able to draw your group into that show, no matter what you're doing. You're going to make them do 250,000 fucking burpees for time. You know, you got to make that fucking exciting. That's <laughs> not the class's fault. Dude, it's like uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's like – 
I hope people don't get offended. Ah, fuck it. It's like training a dog kind of in the sense that people, a lot of people don't realize how big of a deal an accomplishment may be no matter how subtle it is. So it's like, it's, it's upon the coach to be like, that's fucking amazing, you know, and engage and make them realize that they've made, they've reached a milestone. And the bit, one of the biggest milestones that people are on our linear progression in the, in the football class at Balboa is they start to fail. Yeah. The linear progression. I'm like, you don't get, you guys don't understand. This is your grown up pants. Like you were wearing grown up pants. Now this is when things get fucking real. Like, yeah. let's do this. Uh, and now that like we had to change that culture to the point where failure isn't necessarily failure. You, but uh, especially as an amateur athlete, it's essentially you becoming a trained athlete and you reaching a new physiological adaptation. And now we're going to have to tinker with things because the same old ad weight every week after week isn't going to work for us anymore. Right. right. And, uh, but like that culture change, it's just similar culture change. If, if you're sitting around uh, thumb up your ass and don't know what to celebrate or don't know what to applaud or award for, uh, for your strength work with your clients and it's going to be stale, right. but yeah, dude, it's, uh, you know, it's, and maybe people just don't know what to look for as well. And that's why plug time, the CrossFit football seminar is the place you got to go. It, it really is. And though. the one you have to go to is the one November 22nd and 23rd at CrossFit of Fremont. <laughs> That's right. That is right, dude. I'm so excited for that one. Uh, are you? Do you have that weekend off? I'll be there. All right, because Levi is in his internship phase. He's like got the ass end of our internship in the sense that he does a lot of the administrative bullshit that I deal with. But uh, we got to get him out to a seminar because I'm telling him like, ah, oh, dude, you'll see it at the seminar. You'll see it at the seminar. But so uh, we got one coming up in, in Phoenix that he's going to be traveling out to, but definitely dude, you got to get out to NorCal. If yep. not to see the seminar, then definitely to meet Freddie and China because they are the best people in the world. No like it's going to be a good time. It's a, he's the director of fun. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the yeah. executor of fun. You cannot or continue in this without meeting the director of fun. Yeah. yeah. True. Hey, but the director of fun is going to leave you in the hands of uh, of China Cho because I had to go back to protecting the fine streets of Union City. So, Are you on? Oh, you're going right now? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on lunch break. I came shot over here oh, on lunch break. So. Oh, you're the man, Freddie. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, and I will see you guys in November. And uh, thanks for having me on. And and uh, you guys have some fun. And I will talk to you guys later. All right. All right. Thanks, see you. Thanks a lot, Freddie. Bye. So, China, what else do we got? So, do, what do you anticipate different about your training this year for 2015? Um, you know, I like having a training group and a training partner. I would say the entire year is going to make a big difference. Um, I'm actually. Uh, going to follow the HyperFit program. Um, mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's Doug Chapman's program, and uh, Julie Fouché follows it, um, along with Pat Burke and a few other people. Neil follows it, a few other people. Um, and I'm really excited to have a new program and adapt this, like apply this new style, I guess, to my training. I did some of it last year unknowingly when I trained with um, Neil leading up to regionals and the games, and I think it's awesome. So I'm really excited that Doug is going to have me on board this year. Oh, that's legit. Yeah. So, so what's the uh, what's their background? Uh, you know, you hear a lot of people that talk about, you know, I'm doing the uh, competitors wad or I'm doing outlaw, and everyone has a different background. And you know, obviously, we're talking to you, and 
uh, you don't just do the main site workout. So kind of like what is their background and, you know, how does that affect their programming for you and, and your group? You know, um, I'm still learning more about him, but I know he was on, he is currently, I believe, on the level one staff. Um, he owns his own gym. He's been Julie's coach since she started. And for me, that's more than enough credential. I mean, if you Absolutely. look at her, she's been in the game and on top for a really long time. And just like looking at the way that he lays out programming and strengths, weaknesses, this and this and this, like I, I'm just like, I have to do this. This looks, you know, this looks like shit I need to do. Yeah. And I don't want to be like her, you know? Right, right. Awesome. So like this I want to say, um, I want to say Chapman uh, is like one of the first to, you know, affiliate when CrossFit was kind of growing. Maybe like the first ten affiliates, he was he was one of them. Yeah, he's OG. Yeah, and it, I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't he was meant to be high level one. He's a cool dude. Yeah, it was it wasn't like a knock on like oh who are these people. It was more of just like uh you know where did they get their foundation from? You know, John yeah, exactly. played in the NFL for ten years and got a lot of his stuff uh, while playing, and then kind of transitioned it into the CrossFit world. So I was just kind of wondering. You know, where did he learn from, basically? I think he's just been around since the beginning. He's watched it evolve. And, yeah. you know, and then obviously his programming evolves, has been evolving with the sport. So um, I'm just excited. Like, and he just got really good people. I mean, obviously, when you've been training such high-level athletes, like, clearly his stuff works. Yeah, you know? right. and, I mean, every program is different. There's, like, Invictus is a great program. You know, Outlaw is great for some people. You know, but, I mean, you just got to find something that fits, like, I guess your schedule and what you feel you need. I mean, I'm pretty sure John um, was the one that told me, you know, like, when you get to a certain level, it's not really the coach that makes a difference. It's like having a good program and surrounding yourself with people that make you better. So the person that's making me better right now um, and will continue is Neil. And that's what he follows and that's what he's been on. So that's the route that I'm going to go. Yeah, for sure. And it makes yeah. sense. Natural progression. Yeah. So let's, uh, so let's talk, let's talk less business, more pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about the future of Freddie Cho. <laughs> the future of Freddie Cho. Yeah. So we know, and for those of you who don't know, Freddie and China are engaged. I'm curious what that story was. And then like, what's, what's the plans? When's the wedding? When's the party? When's Freddie's bachelor party? When's his second one? When's his third one? Yeah, I don't even know. Okay. So I'm unlike most chicks. I don't want a wedding. I, I mean, I want a wedding, but I don't want a wedding. I don't want to dress. I don't want a church or a venue. I just want to show up to the beach, flop around, get married, whatever. If a couple people are there. Great. But I do want to have a party. Yeah. Um, and very informal, lots of food, lots of drinking, lots of dancing and fun. Um, uh, but I don't know about the bachelor party. I don't know about the date. I don't know about <laughs> any of that stuff because I don't really care. Yeah. So you think uh, it's just going to kind of be like spur of the moment, Get you find some availability and then try and yeah, organize it very quick? I, yeah. I mean, I know that I, he and I both want to get married on Maui. Um, mm -hmm. And that's it. I mean, uh, ideally it would be a year from this December or January, but with my dad's health, which is actually doing really well, it could, that could change at any moment, you know, and the look yeah. could change. So sure. I don't like have anything set in stone and lucky for me, I don't care about like the place settings and the chairs and the candles or whatever else goes into weddings. Yeah. Dude, oh. the, the complexities. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't need to deal with that. <laughs> um, 
So that, and then Freddie Cho, that just sounds so good on him. We should just keep saying that. Maybe he'll change his name. <laughs> I like it. I like my name. I think my name sounds good. My name doesn't sound good with anything but my own name. I believe, I, I dude, China Cho just rolls out of the mouth. Dude, you know what I mean? I'm saying if I married like a John Smith, okay, China Smith, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think my name kind of only sounds good with it. So he's going to have to change his. And you know what? He'd probably do anything for you. Uh, that, one, that one's going to be a little harder to do. But <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, what else do we got? So we, we're coming out to Fremont to see these guys in November. Uh, what else? What else is going down? Uh, Did he, anything? What do you got going on, China? Not too much like that. Like, I don't know if people knew, but this is the first time I get to be a business owner, you know, a part business owner at one world. I wasn't, um, an owner. I just coached there and stuff. And obviously Freddie was part owner, but now I actually get to be a part owner. So there's a lot more things involved that I didn't have to do before. So, you know, not doing the team series, not doing the grid league, not doing all this stuff, kind of that I like being an owner now kind of, you know, took priority over those things. Yeah, it's a real deal. It's all of a sudden gym life becomes work. Yeah, yeah but it's kind of cool. Like, how many people could say, I work out for a living? Like, I don't ever have to wear real clothes. That's awesome. Yeah, you know what? I've actually um, been sweating since I trained this morning. Me too. And I haven't, and I haven't showered. And, Me too. Me either. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I've been working. <laughs> you know, right. it is. Yeah, exactly. But. It's it is a different a different lifestyle. And when my girlfriend's parents come out and visit, and they're like, "Are you going to work?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "You didn't showered or changed out your pajamas?" I'm like, "Yeah." That's because I sleep, so I don't have to change and shower my work clothes. I'm like, all right, have fun. He's like, "This is one hell of a life," you know. It's awesome. <laughs> but, I can't complain. I think it's great. Luke, what are you guys doing out there at HQ? You still uh, playing around with the Tendo unit? Yeah, we had Levi on it. We had, Le uh, you know, Levi's. Levi, I can say is lightning speed, lightning speed. So, that's it. So China, I, a lot of our training, we've been experiencing. You know how John's always tinkering with shit, trying to oh, find what. I do. And what you guys are the thing? guinea pigs. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so he bought a Tendo unit, which is this little pulley system that calculates bar velocity, bar speed, peak velocity. Uh, peak power it's a up. fucking cable attached to your barbell, right? It's not, yeah. you're not standing on something. I can, it's a little like fishing line. Yeah, is it's, it like janky or is it like legit? It's legit. It's like, uh, it's, like it's straight out, it's straight out of Russia. Uh, well, of course. Because it's like all the, from the crazy Russian sports scientists. Um, uh, but it's legit. It's, it's, it's definitely, it gives you immediate response. Uh, if you're doing volume type of work, and you're focusing on bar speed. It tells you exactly what your what your average bar velocity is. It tells you peak velocity, and uh, you know that's one thing Levi mentioned, and it is a great way to put it. Like immediate response. Like you may be consciously focusing on moving the bar as fast as you can, but when you can uh, have it calculated, it changes how you approach your next rep. Uh, so uh, that's cool. So what been, is he having you do? Like a million power cleans for time? No, no, it's it's actually the, the complete opposite. What we're trying to do, and it's it stemmed off of one of our one of our coaches at Balboa and one of our athletes, Chelsea. I, I don't know if you've met Chelsea, I but she's Chelsea. a football player. Okay, so uh, so we watched her uh, watched her play some football. We need to get her bigger and stronger, and this was a year ago. So she gets and bigger. She and stronger. So she. Time. 
but she's jacked now. So she's like, she's nice and big and strong. She's lost a step. And not only that, we uh, we tested out her vertical jump, and it was not as good as it was last year because you know how we bring the Vertec to like yeah, regionals yeah. and stuff. We're like Chelsea, what happened? She's like, it doesn't make sense. I've put twenty kilos on my back squat this year. I did see her squat like a hundred for five. Yeah, yeah, dude. So she's like super strong now, and this is also after an ankle injury. So we're like. Uh, we make some calls. John talks to Louie. Uh, John talks to Romanoff. Like, John talks to Hatfield. John talks to Ripto and goes, like, calls these big names about it. And they all were like, uh, bar speed. It's got to be bar speed. Uh, so, what we're doing, so that's what we ended up doing is go, working on more so what we, we referred to at the seminar and during the squat lecture compensatory acceleration we refer to dr hatfield's work on it and uh his the idea is essentially you can operate at lower percentages of your true force production to increase maximal force production as well as power but the what has to be true is you have to be moving the bar at a certain velocity and that velocity has to be increasing through the concentric phase as mechanical advantage increases. So that's been like the biggest training thing we've been doing now, which is interesting because lifting weights in terms of when we'd go do our rep maxes and stuff, you walk away and it's a certain type of fatigue where you feel like compressed. Okay. Right. Like, wow, that was heavy. That was heavy on my back. It was heavy pushing into the bar. Right and now. Uh, the fatigue is like, I can't go any faster. Like I'm trying to go as fast as I can. I can't. I'm fried. My CNS is fried. My high, my uh, my higher firing order motor units are fried. Like I could still lift heavy weight, but it's just slow, you know. So go ahead, dude. I'm sorry. Oh, that that's we've been doing that with our benching, with our pressing, with our deadlifting, with our power cleans, uh, with our squatting, and that's what we've been we've been doing most of the dynamic work on. And we're not we're operating. At we've calculated our training max to be we've used 90% of our RMs, like our true RMs, to reach uh, what we would consider our training maxes, and then from there we're operating between 70 and 85% in terms of our loads. Yeah, of that training max. So that's pretty counter. You know, I guess what we were always training before, and and I'm not like. You have to be relatively advanced lifters for this to really, truly work. If you're one of those guys at Fremont or Balboa or even who've been following football and you haven't spent a few years under the barbell, just kind of greasing the gears, greasing the groove, lifting weights, this may not be the way to train for you. So just that's my disclaimer to everyone listening. But (laughs) what we do know about Chelsea, she's been lifting weights consistently for three years under the bar doing CrossFit football. So now we're tinkering with this bar speed with her to see if it, it gets her a little bit quicker on her sprints and plyos and stuff. So that's, that's what we're working with primarily. But that's why like you guys are so cool. You always trying to find a new way to evolve and a new way to make people better. You're not stuck in the same rut. You know what I mean? Like that's why your shit's so cool. And that's why we've Freddie and I have been to your seminar so many times because every time I go there, I'm like, wow, I totally missed that last time or Ooh, they've added this. You know what I mean? Right. I always right. Think- a handful of things away, no matter like how many times I've gone. And that's, that's our objective is you can keep coming back and, and learning more, you know, but, but that's what we're tinkering with back here. And, uh, today, today was Levi's first time on, on the Tendo unit. And, uh, it was, it was interesting. (laughs) It was good. You you didn't, you didn't do bad. 
to work. It wasn't I'm not going to lie. When you first said Tendo unit, I thought you said Nintendo. And I'm like, <laughs> Nintendo? Wow. That's an A plus for me, no doubt. <laughs> uh, dude. But um, let's see. Let's. Uh, you got anything to plug, China? You got any sponsors or anything you want to shout out? Any sponsors? Oh, well, I just, Freddie and I just signed with Nutriforce, and uh, they're a supplement company. And I never took supplements. I mean, John tried to get me on creatine. Amy tried to get me on creatine, pre-workout, BCAA. I did it for like a day and was like over it. And I'm not going to lie. Their shit tastes so good. And I feel amazing. Like on the, I only do the fish oil, glutamine, amino acids, and their protein. And it's awesome. And it tastes delicious. So shout out to Nutriforce because their, their product is Badass. Yeah, we've we've taken we've experimented some of their stuff, and I I had no problems with it. But I'm kind of like you, China, where it's like I'm just not like I got better. I just I'm not into it, you know. And I know, just give me a banana or something. For sure, for sure. And I, like I tell people at the seminar, I just like to eat my nutrients. I just like yeah. eating. You know, I'll have a meal rather than uh, than than prep a shake or something like that. But yeah, yeah you know, no, that's that's me too. There is there is a lot of uh, quite a bit of literature that taking that stuff in bolus, like in, in a powdered form uh, is extremely beneficial to recovery and training. So I'm not shitting on the product working or not, but uh, for me, it's just, I got, I'm not into it. Yeah, no, you know, I wasn't either, but you know, at the games, that's what everyone was doing and everyone better than me, everyone that's been before <laughs> me. And you know what? I'm jumping on that bandwagon because right now I feel great. And like you get to a certain level and it's like, well, what am I going to do different? You know, like, this year, you know, this past year, you know, it's cutting out alcohol sooner, you know, and or whatever. Um, but I'm going to try this and I feel good so far. So, so far, so good. Hopefully that continues. All right. Good stuff. Well, Denny, is there anything useless you want to talk about? <laughs> oh, gosh. Got like so Nintendo. much useless information. <laughs> All right, fine. Nintendo. Let's bust out a little Nintendo trivia. Levi. Oh, I'm horrible. Trivia. I don't want to be in that. Denny, did you ever play Nintendo? Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers. So um, just a side story. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. These were like the classic Nintendo games that I played. All right, fine. Here's a little trivia. Who was the first fighter in Mike Tyson's Punch Out that Little Mac fought? Uh, Glass Joe? Glass Joe. Dang. Right away, dude. <laughs> Fucking, not even two seconds it took me to figure that out. Glass Joe. Good job. What? So my dad, because uh, I know he won't probably be listening to this, uh, <laughs> so I don't mind saying it, but he used to, we used to play Mario Brothers, and he would send us to bed early so he could play it and master the game. And so one day he finally beat it, and he had us get out you know, the big old tape recorder with the huge tapes and everything, and he was like recording himself dancing around like that he beat the game. So, uh, so we, were, we were Mario Brothers and I think Excite Bike a little bit too, a little skate or die. Oh, skate or die. Yeah. So like in uh, Super Mario Brothers, there was, even back then, there was like codes that you could, you know, up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B, A, you know what I mean? <laughs> to, to get like reverse worlds. Um, mm-hmm. You remember that kind of stuff? Like you get Instead of uh, daytime, it would be night. Um, oh, yeah. Every time the dude would shoot a fireball, he would grow into like the big version of himself and just crazy shit even back then, man. One thing about Mario and Luigi as well. 
amazing arm swing, great vertical jump. <laughs> I was kind of impressed with their vertical jump too. Um, yeah, for sure. Good acceleration too. If you hold down B and you push forward, that's pretty good acceleration. So, uh, terrible agility. Yeah, because they would just slide, and then cut and change direction. All right. Well, this show's going off the rails, and uh, we've kept China long enough. Appreciate it, China. Thanks for popping on. Oh, it's thank always, you so much for having me and pretty. Always awesome catching up with you guys. Miss you, and I can't wait to see you guys. I know. We're so excited for you guys to come. Everyone needs to sign up for that cert, too, because it's going to be amazing. It is. It's going to be our best one. Hell, yeah. All right, guys. We'll have well, another one at our gym, and then that one will be the best one. Perfect. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, I'm out of All here. Right. It's, it's been Bye, guys. Thank you. See you later, China. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye, China. Bye.